welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. We are here with your top stories of the day. Glenn, what is yours? Uh, I want to. I just want to spend a little additional time on the Muslim brides. Mm. They're they're so they're precious. They are really seven are. brides for seven Mohammeds. <laughs> this is a new Bachelor uh, it is, show. It is. It, it is. Still. Well, Sarah, I was, I was concerned in previous conversations we've had that you may not understand socialism. You seem to be negative about it. Mm -hmm. So I have, I have to present to you from the Washington Post the five myths of socialism. From the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they'll, they'll, they'll uh, let you know. The New York Times is, has their own version out, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, good. It's good. great. Good. Yeah. Jason. Um, a little Twitter tr trigger that hit me uh, last night. Um, but it's the reason why the youth uh, now is thinking that socialism is okay now, mm -hmm. and uh, various people within our own government that are actively trying to rewrite history. I feel like you have a lot of Twitter triggers, Trigger. and maybe you, should just, maybe you like, should just like take yeah. an anger management class. <laughs> or maybe not be on Twitter. <laughs> or just start screaming, I'm Akbar! <laughs> <laughs> All right, a lot to get into, but first we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. American Financing is the place to go if you are looking for a refi, if you are looking for a loan, uh, for a new house, now is the time to buy a new house. Please do not buy more of a house than you should have. I, I speak from experience. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, make sure that you um, are doing everything you can to get a locked-in rate at these low interest rates right now. The people I trust are American Financing. It's a family-owned business. Been in business for, for a very long time. I don't know, 20, 30 years um, and they, they actually care about the customer. They're not in it to make kickbacks from the banks. They don't take any of those kickbacks. That's what sets them apart. They work for you at American Financing. You can find them at 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. Glenn, the, uh, the Muslim brides, the ISIS brides. I love so them. Innocent. So I innocent. Love, they're so, so innocent. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Well, they're misguided. Mm -hmm. You know, who didn't make a mistake when you were 19 years old? That's true. We all did. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and some of their mistakes are maybe a little bigger than, you know, the mistakes I made. And I made some whoppers. <laughs> um, but I never really called for, you know, beheading people, uh, going to a Veterans Day parade and shooting everybody or driving a truck into the crowd. Never? You, never. You didn't? Not once. Are you sure? Not once. Well, I, I mean, look, I didn't see every one of your tweets back the, in the day, right. but I just I can't believe. Right. I okay. Know. I mean, this is not an error of judgment. Uh, today, there's new video from NBC News of this sweet American girl uh, who just wants to go home and out to Alabama. Sweet home, Alabama, dare I say. <laughs> and uh, she said, it was just a phase. It was just a phase. Watch. A lot of people are going to find that hard to believe after some of the, the tweets that you put out. I know, I know that, but it was an ideology that really was really? just a phase. There's one tweet in particular where you talk about calling on Americans to do drive-by shootings, to rent a truck and drive over people, spilling their blood, and you say, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, go out and do it. Again, my lawyer told me not to speak about these things. Who? My mom? My my mother or my lawyer? Okay. It's a good advice. Whoever it was. Whoever it was. <laughs> you really should right. not talk about those things. <laughs> right. You, you, the, that same person, if it was your mom, should have said that you shouldn't tweet those things either. Look, the first thing, as, as uh, 
Jason knows, the first thing that these people did was go over to a foreign country and burn their passports, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So they denounce their citizenship. Then they take up arms against us. This is, they were fighting the U.S. as well. Uh, so they take arms against us. She's, I mean, if a wife of an Islamic fighter, if that's not the uh, epitome of uh, comfort and aid to your enemies, I don't know what is. She was vicious all the way along as we lined up uh, on the show just a few minutes ago. If you missed it, watch the Glenn Beck program on the Blaze uh, TV. Um, but we lined it all up. This is, this is someone who, according to the Constitution, the only, the only law that is mentioned in the Constitution with a penalty is treason. We have enough witnesses for her on treason. Treason's very hard to prove. You have to have three or four witnesses, I think. Well, we got millions of witnesses. We know exactly what she did because she broadcast it and she also put it all out on Twitter. The penalty is death. Not, hey, come on back and we forgive you. Don't worry about it. You worked against the United States in the most evil and heinous ways. It's as if... A, an American citizen saw what was happening in Auschwitz, saw it, saw the ovens, saw everything, and then said, you know what, I'm going to go over there and give comfort to those guys. We would not welcome them back if they said, oh, you know what, it was just a phase. This whole extermination of the Jews thing, it was just a phase I was going through. No way. I have no, I have no sympathy for these women at all. And there's a, you, there, you need to, there's a big you know, clarification to make when it seems like some of these women are getting clumped in with all of the, uh, the women that got caught in the caliphate. Mm -hmm. um, so that I, I actually I, I know a man right now that is with a group that is caring for a lot of these women. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is it's very, very hard for them to tell who were the victims and who. Uh, sure. I, I think two weeks ago they had I, it was like five to ten uh, um, suicide vest bombings from some of these women because they're charging straight at the caregivers and just blowing themselves well, up. Well, I know how to tell who the good ones are. Um, they don't have a suicide are, vest. Uh, let me make this announcement. <laughs> I was going to make it on, on radio tomorrow. Um, this uh, last night or the night before, um, Mercury One, the Nazarene Fund, was alerted of 50 slaves that had been captured, Christian and Yazidi women, who had been captured and were being kept by the uh, ISIS uh, brothers, uh, and our team went in and we rescued and now have 21 of those girls. We got them out of captivity just last night. Wow. So amazing. And there's so many other. There's, there's a, that's what really kills me is a lot of people don't even talk about that. There's, I've seen a lot of conversation on, you know, when's this government going to do this? When's this government going to do that? And in, in the absence of all of the inaction and then really not knowing what to do, there's groups like Mercury One. There's, group, there's organizations like the Nazarene Fund and others that are out there just saying, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of these people. But back to what I was saying is I have no sympathy for her. Like you said, she gave up her citizenship. She's not a citizen of the United States. I've heard other people say, yeah, she's a citizen. I think she actually said, yes, I'm a citizen. No, you're not. You gave up your citizenship. You gave up that right. 
you engaged in horrible, horrible things, yes, against our government, but the people that they hurt the most were the ones right there in those countries. They committed crimes in Syria. They committed crimes in Iraq. That's, that's all for the Iraqi and Syrian people to deal with, right. as far as I'm concerned but, now. But I want to point out that we do not bring her back because she has violated the one. There's only one, one in the Constitution, and it is treason. And she has, she has committed treason against the United States. It's when you go against your country, especially at a time of war, and you give aid and comfort to our enemies. She left, denounced her citizenship, joined them, told people to kill us in the streets here. Where are you, coward, cowardly Americans? Stand up, kill them, slaughter them. That is treason. Um, I, I think we're all mostly on the same page here. Uh, uh, however, I think like there's a distinction that I, I'm wondering because you keep saying it's treason and you keep saying she's he's not a she's not a citizen. So like, yeah. no, she was a citizen, right? So do you bring her back and try her for treason, or do you leave her over there? No, I'm fine the two, leaving right? her right over there. So like, let the so you you don't do think it. this constitutional provision should be enacted here? They should not try her for this crime that's outlined in the Constitution. Yes, I'm just being belligerent for the yes, for, for the fun of it. Uh, <laughs> I, have, <laughs> it is, I have no problem doing that. Why bog down the system? She'll be dead yeah. over there. Yeah. I mean, the, the Syrian people are not going to take kindly to these these uh, these uh, ISIS brides. And it's not going to be Syria, but it's not going to be Syria, right? Even though it, I mean, because Syria is like they're not going to give them to the Assad regime, right? Well, like, I will tell go? you. I will tell you that um, we do work with the police force. Uh, I don't know what they call it over in Iraq, and the and uh, those guys beg us yeah. to give them. Uh, you know, if we if we get the if we get the slaves out, they beg us. Uh, do, can you give us the address? Can you give us the address now? I mean, and they're not. They won't make it to trial. Because she's not really a citizen of anything, right? If she denounced her citizenship here, she doesn't become a citizen of wherever she is. She's no. not a sy Syrian citizen or an Iraqi citizen. She may citizen. be. A, isn't her dad uh, the, the counsel for Yemen, for the UN, or something like that? Yeah, th there was some controversy on if she was a, ever was a citizen at all. Because, uh, yeah, it was something, I, I don't remember the specifics, but he was like a delegate. He was here on, like, diplomatic, uh, for diplomatic reasons. And his visa, he was here illegally, I think. His visa was not, uh, ha had already expired. So technically, he wasn't even here legally. She wasn't here legally. It was when very, very strange. When did that stop? Anyway? <laughs> right. Uh, Stu, I want to move on to, um, finally, you can tell me why everything that I think about socialism is wrong. I, along with the Washington Post, are just here to help you. Thank and you. Help you understand these basic things that you don't apparently get. Uh, here are the five myths of uh, socialism from the Washington Post. Number one is socialism is a signal coherent ideology. Now, at no point did any of us think it was coherent. Um, <laughs> however, it, uh, their, their point here is that it's uh, not a single ideology. And the way they describe this is, well, Lenin said he wanted a revolution. And Marx said you know, the powers of history would eventually bring people to socialism. Um, and others say, well, uh, we should just you know, antagonize until we get what we want. And, and some people just say, you know what, let's just push for bigger programs. And over time, people will like them more and we'll eventually get to socialism. That's, that's not a difference in ideology. It's a difference in approach. That's right. progressivism oh, versus revolution yeah. versus, you know, this is just, it really isn't, um, uh, the bottom line is socialism all includes, you know, uh, the end of private ownership, 
the uh, the means of production. Eventually, it, people some people walk slowly down that path. Some people run as fast as they can. It was the but it's the same point path. of progressivism. They were Fabian socialists, mm-hmm. and they said what set them apart was we don't want revolution. We agree with what happened in Russia. That's the new way to do it. But we don't agree with the revolution that was bloody in the streets. We'll get there by putting piece after piece, and it will take us time, but we'll achieve the same ends. Yep. Myth number two, Sarah, is socialism and democracy are incompatible. See, they work well together, the Washington Post wants you to know. <laughs> And it's true. Venezuela is a great example of it. A bus driver was elected president of Venezuela. uh, And now look how wonderful that's going. The problem with this, of course, is, yes, at times they do elect their socialist dictator, who then, (laughs) as soon as they get into trouble, turn into a dictator. And that's the way it ends. It it may start as democracy, but it doesn't end that way. Because the people are too stupid or they're rising up against and we have to stop these people Mm -hmm. for us to be able to do socialism right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Myth number three, Sarah, is all socialists want to abolish markets and private property. Uh, their excuse for this one is 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 completely laughable, which is, again, they are giving you this timeline thing. You know, there's certain groups that have taken control and they haven't done all of that. They haven't abolished markets and, and ended private property in, in yeah. Europe, for example, like those. First of all, those are largely market economies with a welfare state. It is different, as Glenn's pointed out many times. That is not socialism, though it's on that road and moving that way. And may I Mm -hmm. ask you this question? Are the socialists in Europe, in any of those states that have the welfare state, are they happy? Is it enough socialism or enough control? Mm -hmm. No. No, Of course not. They always want to expand it. Correct. And that's why this road is there. So it doesn't always start with full um, abolishing of markets and private property. But even social uh, uh, social Democrats or Democratic socialists um, very clearly say this is the goal. It's just a matter of how quickly do we get there. Next up, in this one, you probably really think Sarah, which is when socialism is tried, it collapses. Not true at all. Really? Yeah. Now, sure, you can point to nine zillion examples. Um, but do we have the quote? And they explain it very well in this one quote. Uh, Communism certainly failed, but social democracy has arguably been the single most successful modern ideology or political movement. This is in someone typed that. (laughs) And like it's so bonkers uh, that it's hard to even put your uh, arms around it. With what examples? Their point is, uh, well, look at Europe. Europe has a lot of these programs. And what they try to say, they try to distinguish between democratic socialists and social democracy. Now, if you, there is a distinction there. The words are reversed, um, which is a, a big difference. I like the difference between national socialists and social nationalists. Right. Which one? I mean, one social is nationalists is fine. The other one's perfectly That's fine. Yeah. Great point. Um, and the, the, the example they used was Ocasio-Cortez and Sanders. Now, Bernie Sanders, who's a socialist ideologue for, for half a century, right? They, the Washington Post explains to him that what he really means is he just wants New Deal liberalism. Um, now, of course, Vox went to Democratic Socialists and said, hey, by the way, you know, people, a lot of people are saying you guys just want New Deal liberalism. And the, the, they asked a social Democrat or a Democratic Socialist that. And uh, she said, absolutely not what we want. We, that we, we know that part of that is a path to get there. But what we want to do is end capitalism, end markets, end profits, blah, 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 blah. Um, so uh, the last one here is um, uh, number five. Socialism offers a ready-made solution to numerous current problems. Now, you'll notice that's a myth. And what I like about this is you can kind of get a translation of what they're doing. Can we get the five back up there again? Because this is like 
Each one of them. Socialism is a single coherent ideology. The thing that you're scared about isn't in the one that's coming. That's what the Washington Post is telling you. It's not coherent. Look, a lot of people have socialized ideas, but that's not this one. The one that we're pushing on you, that's not going to be the same. Socialism and democracy are incompatible. You can still vote. It'll be wonderful. All socialists want to abolish markets and private property. Not these guys. Not Ocasio-Cortez. She's wonderful. When socialism is, is tried, it collapses. No, that's not true. It works really well. It's the most successful ideology there is. And the last one is specifically, I think, for Democrats, which is socialism offers a ready-made solution to numerous current problems. What they go on to say is, if we get the socialist stuff, if they get in control, it's not going to cure climate change. It's not going to cure inequality. It's not going to cure any of these things. Just so you know, don't get your expectations up, because once this actually happens, it's not going to work. See, I I read that differently. I read number five as, okay, what can we say that will make us look like we're actually trying to be fair. <laughs> trying yeah. to be fair. Yeah. We got to throw one in. Right. There. It's their one warning I thought to the left, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the one thing, hey guy, like there it's on its surface. Hey you guys, I know you think that they're going to solve all these problems. It's not going to happen like that. But that that that's that's preparing. Right. Them that's for preparing. This. It's yeah. not it's not against it. It's just preparing yeah. people for the failure. Yeah. Oh, God. The world is insane. Back in a minute. Well, it's, it's, now it's sane because now you understand the myths about socialism. Thank Before, you, for, you didn't get it. I, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, Thank you for explaining it. Before we get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn, I guess you decided that it was not a good idea to uh, just like, close your eyes, blindfold yourself, and pick someone out of a phone Honestly, book to how be do a real pick, estate agent. How do you pick a real estate agent? I mean, internet. yeah, internet or <laughs> your brother's you aunt's you know? dog's cousin. Yeah, you just ask somebody usually, or I don't know, they we bought the house from this person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How you do it? That's the worst thing you can do. And I had this problem when I tried to sell my house, and uh, we didn't know how to pick a real estate agent. We ended up getting somebody that we like knew, and they were like, okay. And it was not good, but we didn't know what we were doing. I started doing work with um, the 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal. These are the people that sell the most houses, the volume of houses that these people sell. How many of them have reality shows? I feel like every real estate agent has a reality uh, show. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> no? Uh, so... Uh, so in talking to them, I realized that there's a pattern. A, they're doing it full time. B, they've done it for a long time. C, they are very specific on the areas that they're in. They have done it so long that they know what that household sold for the last time, what the houses around sold for, what houses like that are selling for, and they just they have it off the top of, uh, off the top of their head. So it's no algorithm can sell it. The most important thing is they advertised the home, not them. Mm-hmm. We all go for the advertisement of the real estate agent. Mm-hmm. That's not where good real estate agents put their money. They put their money in advertising the home. So we went out and we found the best real estate agents. I think we have 2,000 of them now across the country. And um, they will help you sell your home. This is not a real estate company. This is just kind of like a matchmaking service. We use, you write to realestateagentsitrust.com, say where you are. We find the real estate agent for you and pair you with them, and then they take you. Um, you want your home sold for you know, the most amount of money and on time. You want to buy a house, make it really easy, realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, Jason, uh, the Twitter trigger, trigger, Twitter trigger. <laughs> um, it's, it actually makes perfect sense that we're transitioning from socialism onto this. Um, it lines up perfectly because 
Uh, I was just reading a Gallup poll, I think it was from 2018 uh, recently, about how uh, from 18 to 29, millennia, uh, the millennials, mil I guess millennials are in 1829, and that young people now in the, in the country. It is youngsters. Young people nowadays. <laughs> they have a more positive view of socialism over capitalism. And you're like, well, how is that even possible? Like, if you have any recollection at all of just even pretty, pretty current history, that does makes no sense. But if you look down the age brackets, the further you go down the line, you're like, okay, wait a minute. They're the only age bracket that, that shares that. Everybody else pretty much has a, they remember the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. They remember, you know, everything about Cuba. They mm -hmm. remember, they have all this, this connection to history. But the problem is that now you have people like Ocasio-Cortez, um, Ilhan Omar, other people like that, that um, are using the fact, I think, that the, the, the younger generation doesn't have that connection anymore. Mm -hmm. So they can pretty much just rewrite history. Yeah. Before I get into this other thing, I just want to say this is the danger of this. And I saw this quote from, um, from George Orwell, and he wrote this uh, six years before he wrote 1984. This is actually the first time he said the, word, or the number two plus two equals five. But he said this uh, in uh, an essay called Looking Back on the Spanish War. He said, Nazi theory indeed specifically denies that such, a, as, such thing as the truth exists. The implied objective of this line of thought is a nightmare world in which the leader or some ruling clique controls not only the future but the past. Mm -hmm. If the leader says of such and such event, it never happened, well, it never happened. If he says that two and two are five, well, two and two are five. The prospect, prospect frightens me much more than bombs. Indeed. Um, That's where we are. Oh, it's also, I mean, the post-fact era, mm -hmm. right? This was something that was praised by yeah. Breitbart. Did, he say, did uh, he say the Nazi? Yeah, he was looking at the Nazi fascist regime when he was looking at how they were re basically rewriting their own history. And That's unbelievable. In the Nazi mm. regime, there is no truth. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, so I was thinking along these lines, actually, I was, I was reading through Twitter, of course, last night, and I saw Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, she was in her own Twitter fight, and she was defending her gal pal, Ilhan Omar, and I got the first tweet up here, I think there's three of them, but she says, I remember a time when it was unacceptable to question the Iraq war. What was that? All of Congress was wrong, including both GOP and the Democratic Party, and led my generation to disaster plus wrong war. Okay, let's skip to, to the next one. Except for Barbara Lee. She changed that. She didn't mean Iraq war. She, what she meant was the Afghanistan war. She is a walking flop. And then the next flop, one. Flop on her face. They're telling me they only have two. Okay, so there's one after that where, where she says, which is, even, which is almost worse, where she goes, but we shouldn't have gotten into either war regardless, both Iraq and Afghanistan. Now, you can make oh, the case yeah. to intelligently say that yes. the continuing war in Afghanistan, oh, yeah, that, that's, so, but honestly, we shouldn't have been in either. Um, you can make the case to, to intelligently say, okay, the, the continuing use of, of American troops in Afghanistan, I'll have that conversation with you. But the response to 9-11, mm -hmm. if you are saying that we should never have responded to that, I take a ridiculous amount of offense to that because it's very personal to me. I was actually out uh, on an exercise at the time with the Marine Corps, and our unit was the first conventional uh, unit to land. Is AOC saying she's in the same generation as you? So that's, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> she, the, her, she was 12 at the time. She was 12 years old. So I don't hold it against her that she's just ignorant over it mm -hmm. because a lot of people are nowadays. But now she's claiming to know something and making statements like that, in effect, rewriting history, saying there was no real reason for us to be there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really regret the fact that I missed everything going on here in the country. I've never seen the country united, I think, ever in my life. 
We've always been divided. So you were fighting overseas. I was over there, yeah. It was a completely different feeling. Everybody was laser-focused on what we were doing at the time. It was amazing. It, it, it was, I, I know it was amazing here. I heard about the stories, but over there, it was like, it, was, it, it really was, we wanted justice. We wanted revenge. We, you know, we wanted to ensure over everything else that this would never happen again. And the intelligence coming in, I wish Ocasio-Cortez, if you're watching this, give me a call. I'll tell you about some of the stuff that we were uh, we're looking at. Is that a cat call? Is that what that was? <laughs> that was a cat call. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break and reevaluate. I'll let you get back into it. Wow. But mm. sexism is not Stop on the Stop hitting on her. <laughs> she's basically a sideshow Bob, like walking around and hitting another rake that pops her in the face. And she's <laughs> All right. Uh, for those of you who want to listen to the rest of Jason's rant. Oh, come on. It's got to sell it better than <laughs> so that. So in overtime, it is. It's important. Who's going to uh, show up for that? <laughs> Well, I and will. If, if you haven't, are you? <laughs> if you haven't yet already signed up for Blaze TV, you do so now. Don't miss it. You can use promo code NEWS and get $10 off of your annual subscription. I mean, look at what you're missing. This guy right here oh, yeah. ranting about Twitter. Sexy mm. Jason. Got it's enough dumb. Twitter fight again. Seriously. It's sold. Dumb. Done. <laughs> you're welcome. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. I want to call Sarah out here for a moment if we start overtime here. We're having a conversation off the air, and this happens all the time. I will say something about some food that people would actually want to eat or, or drink that people would have to drink. And every time Sarah shuts me down, and, eh, it's not kale. You shouldn't eat that or whatever <laughs> that she does. The only time you ever see her eyes light up is when I mention alcohol. <laughs> and whenever I say I'm going to put vodka in something, then all of a sudden, because that, there's no negative proven effects of health when it comes to alcohol, <laughs> that she's totally fine with. Uh, oh, so but, true. oh, God, you have a grain of sugar so or a, a piece of salt <laughs> on a potato. Maybe consider <laughs> that I eat healthy to cancel out all the alcohol. <laughs> okay, okay. Good all right. point. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, Jason, uh, I want to let you finish up your uh, Ocasio-Cortez rewriting history. Everyone believes it. Yeah, well, I see. I, I, what's 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 dangerous? I I, I, tw- I tweeted some things about that, and a lot of people kind of said, "Well, we don't really know what you know U.S. forces did in Afghanistan at the time," and that's that's very troubling to me because, what? like, yeah, a, a lot of people were saying that, like, we don't really know either, you know, what was going on, and I, I don't know if it's just a lack of reporting or and that can't be the case because it was just all over the place. Were they younger people who were saying that? Um, that's a good question. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not too sure what their ages were. But it was a while ago. So it's like, it's like... I mean, and remember, younger people are not being taught history anymore. Right? No, I mean... It's and, not and, a requirement. And again, that's the danger. You can make statements like this on, on social media. Instantly, everyone believes it. And slowly but surely, you start rewriting history and changing things. The intelligence that... I, I actually wrote an article about this on, uh, on The Blaze... Um, where I kind of go through all of this, but just really quick, a lot of the uh, intelligence that we're receiving right now, it's, it's all declassified, um, some of the stuff I'll, I'll talk about now, but it, it was crazy. Like, I had never been focused on that area before, so I didn't know any of this stuff, but instantly after uh, September 11th, we all had to become experts, you know, on Osama bin Laden, Al-Qaeda, and this region as a whole. Um, the things that we found out were frightening. It was crazy. Uh, it, the Taliban was harboring Al-Qaeda, everyone knew this, but Al-Qaeda and the Taliban were both getting arms from Iran, um, that was never known to me, at least. I don't think that was known in, in, in public circles. Um, so they're getting they're getting uh, arms from them. They were they were also supplementing their already vast cash resources with uh, opium trade. 
the, the illicit opium market was huge, and that was actually one of the first targets that we took out was to smash that network. That was our, our largest uh, base in Afghanistan, was a former opium processing and trafficking hub. Had a huge uh, 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 runway airport. Uh, airstrip. Its own airstrip. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was crazy. Mm. Um, if, we, if ground troops wouldn't have been there just to do that, that would have continued on. Ground troops were the only way to respond there. That was the only way to break that up. Uh, Iran was also, we found out, which came out in Treasury Department documents later um, and made it public, was that Iran was also providing a, a, a traffic way, a place for al-Qaeda operatives to go through, actually get official documentation so they could get to the West. Um, this was a very, very in-depth and highly organized way to get very, very violent and dangerous jihadists into the United States to do more follow-on attacks like 9-11. That was the only way to respond there, the absolute only way. But a lot of this information is just not known. Um, and when I hear things like that, that's just, it's, it's, it's just very, it's very, it's very heartbreaking on one end because we did lose a lot of lives. A lot of us lost a lot of friends over there to ensure, I mean, we kept saying never again, to ensure this would happen, this never again would happen to us. And we feel that that was our Pearl Harbor. Um, that, you know, that was our day of infamy for this generation. Mm -hmm. And slowly but surely it's starting to, you know, to, become, you know, inconsequential to some people, apparently. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you're talking about rewriting history. I mean, that's what the Washington was Washington Post. Mm -hmm. That's what they did in yep. that five minutes of socialism. Five minutes of socialism. Yep. Exactly the same. You just write a sentence and it's like, well, I wrote the sentence, so it's true. Yeah, no, I mean, that is kind of where we are now. Go see your two plus two equals five uh, yeah. thing that you read earlier. I mean, I did the, um, my my string of valor isn't quite as long as Jason's. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very impressive. I went to the 9-11 uh, Museum last year. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you go through that, and you just, like, it brings you back to that moment. And there's one particular place that you walk through um, that uh, one section of it is all of the TVs broadcasting the moments they were discovering it over and over again. So it's like Matt Lauer, who now is not, not even allowed on TV. Um, it was, uh, you know, sitting there and, and like, you forget, like he, he heard something in his ear, like about some plane crash. And he's like, uh, we're going to get some details on this and come back. And they actually went to commercial. And then they came back after the commercial to tell you, by the way, a plane just slammed into the, the World wow. Trade Center. And they have all those broadcasts and it brings you back to that moment. And then they have these, you know, those little, you ever walk through like a museum and they have those cones that are kind of like hanging from the ceiling and they're like audio cones. And you don't really hear anything inside of them until you walk right under them. Mm -hmm. So they have those kind of spread out in this one area. And as you walk under each one, you don't even necessarily know they're there at first and, until you look up and notice them. Um, as you walk through each one, you walk through another uh, voicemail message from someone who's on the plane wow. calling uh, their relative, and wow. you hear it over and over and over again. It brings you back to like really what that meant. It wasn't just this silly little talking point that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez thinks it, it, it is. It really was. Our nation really was on the brink. Yeah. Uh, and you know the fact that people like Jason, thank God, and not people like me, uh, were over there fighting uh, for, and making sure that that didn't happen again. Really, I mean, it is something that will be forgotten because it's a constant effort to make sure it is. I mean, it was... It, it, until it happens again. Until it happens again. And then everyone will act all like they care again. And, you know, the Barbara Lees of the world, as she, as she pointed out, she's the only one who voted against the Iraq war. Um, uh, or, excuse me, the Afghanistan war. I make the same mistake as Cortez. <laughs> she's, she's contagious, apparently. She confused you. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, like you, that was, she was the only one. I mean, think about all, think of all the crazy nut job Democrats that exist. And all of them voted for that. That's how overwhelmingly sure we were. And yes, there was a, there was an element of panic and there was an element of, you know, I remember thinking like this could happen 10 times a day 
you know, for the ongoing future, whether it's a car or it's a, you know, a massacre or it's, you know, only a few days after that, it was anthrax. I mean, it, we felt really vulnerable. I remember thinking, like, we're never going to get to a point where, like, this isn't the norm again. And now, of course, we do have our situations, but, you know, largely we pushed a lot, especially that network in particular, back quite a bit. I mean, the, 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 pro, the progress has been really uh, impressive when you stop and think about it. Um, though we've had our bumps and bruises over that time, uh, you know, people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she sees that as a way to, you know, win a Twitter battle. And that's really sad. It's, it's, it's undisputed. I mean, if, in the same vein that our response to Japan uh, after Pearl Harbor was undisputed, it, we, mm-hmm. we had to respond. This is the exact same thing. You can't, like, one person voted against that. Everybody else was full on favor, including the entire nation. There was a national mandate, clear national mandate, yeah. uh, to, to respond to this. And not only to respond, but also to ensure that this doesn't happen again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's not, it's not it, there's no question. But if you want to have a debate on what we're still doing there, completely different, d- different set of circumstances. I'll have that debate, and there's, I think there's a lot of people that need to talk about that. There should be debate on that. But there is no debate on the other. Yeah, I... I I usually tweet it every year when I remember, but it's like September 20, you know, September, I mean, maybe September 21st or something. And uh, uh, a poll came out and had um, George W. Bush with an 84% approval rating, I believe, mm-hmm. among Democrats. Wow. wow. I mean, think of that. George Bush, an 84% approval among Democrats. That's how serious that was. And look, again, this is why you don't put people like Ocasio-Cortez in Congress, because she has no idea what she's talking about in every conversation she's involved in. So, of course, she doesn't understand this, you know, but it is frustrating because, you know, the media is obsessed with her. And uh, this is a person that has a degree in foreign policy. (laughs) You would think that would this this uh, the Afghanistan war in 9-11 would come up in one of those classes, right? I would think this is just a prank (laughs) on Boston University. It's got to be like a or something. (laughs) They really should check and make sure she actually went there because I got to think it's a prank. Like, who's the biggest competitor? B.C. B.C. did this. (laughs) They gave like they actually paid for education. Just go there, pass all the classes and then act like an absolute moron once you get out of there. (laughs) to uh, to use this opportunity to brag on us for a second because um, I get you know viewer feedback and there are several people I know we just got um, some feedback the other day that you know um, someone's like we love watching the show my 11 year old daughter likes to watch the news now because of you know the way that you guys format it and I just I'm really proud of you know what we built here well what Glenn's built but that we are able to teach history and to teach people these things and, you know, people are letting their kids watch and otherwise their kids aren't going to hear it. They're not going to hear it anywhere else. No, so I just... True. And I will definitely yeah. calm down my jokes uh, now. <laughs> that I, uh, now you probably feel bad, don't you? That's actually why I brought it By the way, alcohol is wrong, kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason, while we're on the, uh, the subject of foreign relations, Trump today oh came out gosh. and said he agrees 100% with keeping U.S. troops in Syria. Wow. Okay, so so many different things to say about this. For one, oh boy, I, here we go. For one, I, I am so relieved that uh, that is the direction he's moving in. Mm-hmm. I'm so relieved because I thought it was going to be a colossal mistake to take out the small number of troops that we have there. Now, I know this is contentious. I know a lot of people won't agree with me on that, but, and I totally get their reservations on this. You know, I, I, I don't want to be so overstretched, and I don't want to be an interventionist. I, I want to bring our guys home. But in this case, a small number of troops is preventing a much larger uh, deployment in the future. I, I, I mean, a massive deployment. 
Um, so and there's, there's way too many uh, variables to go here. That you have Iran, you have a, you know ISIS resurgence. So there's so many different things. So I'm glad he's go, he's going in that direction. But this makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So the president basically just kind of came out in a tweet and said that he was pulling out all combat troops, and there was a collective freakout, rightly so. Um, the general that was uh, in charge of the forces in, in the Middle East. Uh, just testified to the Senate and said that, hey, he, he never, it's true, he never consulted me. Yeah. We literally woke up, checked Twitter, and we got our orders basically from Twitter. Mm. That's not, a, that's, that's quite a, a way to I'm be not quoting, but that's basically what he said. Yeah. Right. So, so, so very, very weird. This was such a big deal that, like, a guy that I admire more than anyone else in the military, who's on the level of General Patton, General MacArthur, uh, General Mattis, mm -hmm. the current uh, General Mattis. He uh, he was he resigned over this. I mean, this was just too much for him. He was like, "Forget it. I, I don't agree with this. You're not consoling. I'm I'm, I'm out of here." We lost one of the greatest generals of our generation, of our entire nation. Really, I'm putting him that high. We lost him out of the administration because of this, and now it, it was all for nothing. Completely, it was all for course. nothing. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, this is the uh, General Mattis did not listen to rule number one uh, from Stu of the Trump presidency, which is never listen to something Trump says. <laughs> that is the easy. And I, or tweets. I, people, yeah, yeah, exactly. He took him literally. Right, like, that was the issue. Never listen to his words, and it's it's bizarre. And a lot of people take that as an insult, but honestly, I think you can look at it as not even an insult because I mean, he himself says. This is a negotiation, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm going to put tariffs a billion percent on it, and then he doesn't. Or I'm going to take them off, and then he doesn't. That's because the things he says don't have value. He is a, even if you want to take it the best possible way, he's just a negotiator. And he says things like this. Maybe he's saying that to scare Syria. Maybe he's saying that to get people out uh, from the caves. Who knows what his thought process is? But if you listen to something that he says, and you react to something that he says, not does, something he says, you'll always get burned because nothing he says means anything. He's always positioning himself for something down the road. Um, and, you know, it says this the same thing with like, oh, I didn't have a, I didn't have a, I had no business in Russia. You know, like all these things that he said and later on turn out to be lies and people get all fired up about it. And it's like, well, you sh it's your fault for listening to him the first time. <laughs> you should have never taken him seriously when he said that. And, and people will say, well, I mean, you would never give that, uh, that uh, deference to any other president. You're right. I don't know how else to Trump. I legitimately know how else to even follow the news. If, if I was going to sit here and react to everything this guy said, I would go completely insane. As you're seeing everyone on CNN do, <laughs> I, I want to live a life. I want to have a, an enjoyable uh, existence. And the only way to do that, if you care about this country and this and, and the presidency and the news in general, is just not to listen to him. <laughs> Wait until he passes a policy. When he passes it, or he's about to pass it, you can start talking about it. Mm -hmm. But when he says it, it there is no value in it. it it is not he doesn't say things because they're real he says things for some other reason whether he thinks it's funny to screw with the media whether he thinks he wants to see what the reaction is whether he doesn't understand the issue and later someone will explain it to him whether he's negotiating whatever it is when he just blurts something out you can react to it all you want and you can get your day of coverage like cnn does but in reality it never means anything what uh, words have consequences? And they I'd, did. Um, <laughs> they used to. Yeah, 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 but but it did with Mattis, right? And you know that's what. Yeah, the, uh, for this, like I, I remember the the collective panic of the Syri the SDF forces, the, the you know the Kurdish forces that, that we were fighting alongside. Mm -hmm. They were like pretty much combat operations kind of ground to a halt. They're like, whoa, wh what do we do here? Like they they didn't know what was going. Like there were serious real world implications for this yep. losing a losing an icon and then messing with the war against ISIS. 
Like, but that was all off of probably a 5 a.m. toilet tweet. Yeah. Mm. That's insane. Uh, all right. I want to let's lighten it up before we end the show, <laughs> if we could. Uh, and by the way, whoever has your 11 year old watching, you may want to like have them leave the room or just mm-hmm. just view this first. We're about to do a segment on Momo. <laughs> no, we're oh, not. no? Okay. I said light. Oh, OK, sorry. <laughs> um, I may have heard you and uh, Mr. Glenn Beck on radio today talking oh. about a uh, ex-transgender. Ah, Yes. Who now identifies as an agender alien? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and he has. Ha- Do I say he? It's they. No, it. 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 Mm-hmm. it. Requested it. it. Requested it would be called it. He's assuming aliens are genderless. It. Right. Like assuming I mean, how he's re- one of them. What do you mean? I mean, it's one of them. Well, it wouldn't know. I mean, it is assuming aliens. Don't have genders. No, it, it is, is assuming uh, it is an alien, and it knows about its own kind that it does not have gender. Okay, but that's true. So he's removed his nipples, obviously, it, because that's what you do. And his eyebrows. Aliens do. How does he know that aliens don't have nipples? He's an alien. It's an alien. <laughs> yeah, of course, it knows its own people. Like, not, it, people, it's an alien. It's all. It's all his. Yeah. Well, whatever. Its own what a kind. Stupid world that we live in. I know, I know. I mean, I don't know if this is a. I don't know if this is a bit for this person or this alien. Um, I don't know if it's. But I mean, I will say this: if you are a uh, leftist and you are willing to take Caitlyn Jenner at the word that that that's a that's a girl, and all every single person you have to uh, you have to understand. Remember what Ellen's definition. I always find this to be the most informative. Ellen, when when she was talking about this on her show, said. Um, you know, what you don't understand is gender is just like, it's a feeling that you have in your brain. That was how she described it. And I thought that was really, honestly, really informative. It was like, well, we're just talking about different stuff then. Because I'm not talking about the feeling in your brain. Like, that, you can have any feeling you want in your brain. I'm talking about, like, what parts you have. Are we using, maybe we just don't have the same language. Like, I, to me, gender means kind of like what parts you have. And to you, it means a feeling in your brain. Well, we're just talking about two, let's come up with two different words. Because we're just talking about different things. Um, and, you know, but if you are going to respect that, like Ellen kind of says, as you're feeling your brain, this person has a feeling in their brain that they are an alien. How can you not recognize it? How can you not go and say, yeah, you are an alien. Thank you. Your, yes, your name is Nebula or whatever the heck the thing is from the planet Zarkon. <laughs> how, can you, how can you not do that? In all honesty, just because you don't think what aliens are real, or what, that has nothing to do with you. It's yeah. what they feel in their brain. Yeah. And if that's what he feels in their brain, that's how you should address them. And I guess rework society around that. I just want to know these people who have all of these surgeries like he had, right? You have to have a surgery to get your nipples removed. I and- use scissors for that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and eyebrows removed. Like, all of these people have all these surgeries. You have the, the person who wants to be a cat, and, like, they've had all right, of those yeah, surgeries. That, yeah. Like, what do they do for a living that they have all of this money laying around that's like, I'm going to go to the doctor and go to the plastic surgeon and, and get my nipples removed? Fair. Who, like, what are, how, what are they doing that I don't know about that they're making all of this extra money? I know, Jason, you were planning for one of these surgeries. How much does it cost? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. That's a good question. Probably taxpayers are paying for it. Probably, uh, probably there's some law that we have to pay for everyone's alien or cat surgery. <laughs> it's stuffed great, into some bill from, from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You know, if aliens, though, if this is a sign that there are, is like an alien species, we're going to be invaded. There's a Galaga machine out there, Steve. Yes. We should start training. We should. I'm very good. Invasion. Very good. Me and Jason are number one and number two in the entire <laughs> office. Oh my God, you 
God, I work with such nerds. <laughs> uh, yesterday's poll, do you believe the mainstream media narrative that Republicans are more likely to be racist than Democrats? <laughs> 98 percent 93 percent 93 on that Thank one you do will you allow me to criticize them 93 percent said no three percent said slightly four percent said definitely <laughs> who are you <laughs> who are you reveal I mean, yourselves to be it's twitter first of all people are trolls and second of all there's <laughs> always going to be some on the left that are following right so they're going to all vote the other way you're never going to be happy do you understand that you're you're, you're never going to be happy four okay, well, percent of you are stupid Okay, there you go. That's <laughs> Today's poll. Do you believe a gender wage gap exists? Uh, we got to talk to the people who are making these polls because it's making me like viscerally react. I'm, I'm actually I'm angry. I'm actually writing them every day because I want to see her get angry. <laughs> Let us know at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Uh, these guys have to go train. They have to go train with Galaga uh, for the alien takeover. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. It's on. You got to hit the release back. Why would you assume we're going to be attacking the aliens when they're just identifying? Are you some sort of... That's a hate crime. what she suggested. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.